we're going to be judged one day. And we have to come to that place that we're doing exactly what God's Word says in the kingdom of God. We have to invest our time, our lives, our hearts, so that we can not only be in the kingdom of God, but we're going to be rewarded one day in the kingdom of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's teaching concludes our study of Jesus' parables. We'll explore the story of servants assigned the stewardship of their master's wealth, and along the way, we'll be reminded that everything we possess has been entrusted to us by the Lord. Every resource from our time to our talents isn't to be used solely for our own benefits, but for God's glory. Here's Raul Reese. Why don't you turn to the book of Luke, chapter 19. This morning we're going to have a parable that Jesus gave, which is an interesting parable that he brings about here. He's going to teach us about stewardship. How do you take care of your life? How do you take care of things that God has given to you? But also it's going to be a parable that tells us to be ready when he comes. We're going to be judged one day. And what's going to happen is that the Lord has given you things. He gave you a house. He gave you a bank account. He's giving you things every week. The question is, what do you do with those things in your life? What are you doing with those things in your life? Why? One day you're going to have to give an answer to God. I'm going to have to give an answer to God. So I really have to be careful When I read the scriptures, when I have to do something for the Lord, I want to make sure that it's for the Lord, not for me. Because then I'm only satisfying myself, and I'm not being honest with the Lord, and I'm not being honest with the Word of God. As I read, as I study, He speaks to me, and then I don't practice what I preach. Something is definitely wrong. In this story, we have the Lord sharing a parable that He's going to leave, And he's coming back again to set up his kingdom. And what he's going to do, he's going to give money to three guys here. There's 10 people in the parable, but only three are going to get some money. And when the Lord gives money to all three of them, well, the first one goes out, invests it. The other one invests the money too. But the third one keeps it at home and doesn't invest it. So the Lord comes and he begins to ask, What did you do with my money? What do you do with what God gives to you? How do you invest it? How do you use it in your personal life? So he begins in verse 11 of chapter 19. And he says this. Now, as they heard these things. Now, remember, these things that they heard was the disciples and those that were following. He wants to make sure they're listening. And he wants to make sure this morning we're listening to what he has to say. Very important, because he goes on to say, And now, as they heard these things, who's that? The disciples. These things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem, 
And because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. You know, it's like us. We've been waiting for a long time for the Lord to come, but he hasn't come. But the Bible's very clear when he left. He said, it's not your time, it's my time. One day like a thousand, a thousand like one day. Well, it's been 2,000 years already. So in the parable here, he says, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God was appearing immediately. So their hope was up. Jesus has been teaching about his coming, but he's given a lot of parables, and here he's giving a parable that he came, he's going to leave, and he's coming back again. He's coming back again to set up his kingdom, his kingdom that he doesn't have now. The kingdom will be built, a thousand-year reign for Christ will be there. And something that caught my eye here where he says there, he says, they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. You see, one day, a thousand, a thousand, one day, it's been 2,000 years. He still hasn't come. When he comes, he's going to judge me. He's going to judge you, what you did with your money, with your house, with your car, everything that you possess, you're going to have to give an account to him. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse uh, 10 through 12, he talks about the Bema seed of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10, and then Romans 14.10. The Bema Seat of Christ will be the actual judgment where you're going to have to give an answer for everything he ever gave you. He says, gold, silver, wood, hay, and stubble. Five things. You're going to be tried for five things. And when you go through this fire, your works will be thrown into the fire. Whatever comes out of the fire, that will be your reward. But there are going to be people that have put in their works and nothing comes out of the fire. Nothing to show. Because maybe when you did that, you really didn't do it for the Lord. You did it for yourself. That's why the Bible speaks so much about self. Me, myself, and I. It has to be Christ. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When you live for yourself, you're miserable, believe it or not. At the beginning, when you start living for yourself, you think it's going to be okay. Nothing's going to really happen to me. And all of a sudden, all these things begin to happen. He worked all those years so hard to become a millionaire or a billionaire. He's going to die. Somebody is, is going to what? Enjoy what he has. Your children. Friends, corporations, whoever you leave your money to, that's what's going to happen. In this parable, you're going to see stewardship. You're going to see that the Lord wants to make sure they understand what he's telling them. So he starts in verse 12 again. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Who left? Who's coming back? Jesus. Right? Jesus. But he's using the term here, certain noblemen, that he's using here. Because he wants them to understand that this is a parable, a parable that is going to happen. That's what the Bible teaches here. So he called ten of his servants. So here he's going to call ten of his servants, but he's only going to use three. That's it. Three. He wants to put the three to a test. 
He's going to put you to a test and me to a test this morning. He goes on to declare. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minus, which is about $20. So he called for 10 minus and said to them, do business until I come. Underline that, memorize that. Do business until I come. Don't sit. Do what you have to do. This is a parable that not only tells you who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. Because in verse 13, he says, and he called the ten of his servants, delivered to them ten nines, and said to them, do business until I come. It's a command. Do business until I come again. He hasn't come. Are we doing business until he comes again? Are we doing what he called us to do? This command is for every single one of us. The order is given. The order is given to keep blameless. If you don't have a job and you're healthy, then it's a bad what? It's a bad testimony to your neighbors, to your family. And that happens all the time in churches. People that not only are healthy and they don't really want to work, but they want to take up money from their families. And then the family split or the wife leaves or the husband leaves. And the children suffer. And the children remember, my dad never worked. My mom never worked. Or my mom went to work and my dad didn't go to work. And look what he says. This is pretty interesting. He says, so he called the ten of his servants, delivered to them, ten minus, and said to them, do business as I tell I come. Verse 14. But his citizens hated him. And send delegation after him, saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Speaking of Jesus. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. And Jesus was teaching the people. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For resources to help you set priorities and goals with a heavenly mindset, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. Be sure to order Rawls' book, Sermon of Sermons, a guide to Christ's foundational instructions for a godly life. Now back to more of today's teaching, The Parable of the Stewards. He goes on to verse 15. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom... He then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Notice that verse. He left. He's coming back and saying, okay, I gave you. Give me back. How did you invest my money? How much are you returning to me? I gave you one mite. I gave you two mites. And now what are you going to give back to me? Well, That's exactly what he wants to do with us, believe it or not. And so you have to really stand back as a family, as a husband with your children, your wife, and look back at your own checkbook or whatever it is and say, am I supplying the needs of my family or not? You have to do that. Because, again, he goes on to declare, verse 15, And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants. Who's that? The apostles, those following him. 
to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. How much? How much profit have you made for the money that was given to you, the time that was given to you? How much time we waste? How much time we waste? How are you investing your money? How are you investing your time in prayer? Reading the word of God. Coming to church. These are all investments that one day we're going to have to give an account. One day. At the Bema Seat of Christ. And you're going to see that only two or the third one is not going to be at the Bema Seat of Christ. You watch and see what happens. Verse 16. And then came the first one saying, Master, you gave me a three months to survive. And I have earned ten minus. You gave me three. I got ten. He made money for his boss, for the master. And when I read that verse 16, then came the first guy saying, Master, your mind has earned 10 minus. And then he says this, and he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in every to very little. You know, have authority now over 10. So I'm going to give you more. Because he was loyal. God says, you're going to get more now. The ability to take care of what I've given to you, well, now I'm going to give you even more so you can make more. In your life. Amazing, amazing parable. And the second came and said, Master, you gave me three months, have earned five minus, ten and not five. Likewise, he said to him, You also are going to be over five cities. Notice, he's given them cities to manage, to watch over. Because he can trust them in their finances. Can God trust you? Can God trust me? Then here comes the bummer. Verse 20 to 21. Verse 20, then another came, the third one. Say, Master, here's your mina, which I have put away in a handkerchief. What did he do with it? He hid it. He didn't do nothing with it. Nothing. He could have received interest without mina, but he didn't do that. He took it home, he put a handkerchief over, and he locked it up, and never, ever used it. Never used it. So the Lord is going to say, I gave you gifts, you didn't use them, so what's going to happen to you now? He goes on to declare, verse 21, For I fear you because you are, notice, a hard, a severe an oppressive master. That's what that word means. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not. So he's actually saying that his master is dishonest, that he's stealing from people. And he's, because he's guilty, he's putting, not only talking about his master, that his master actually took him and took what he had from him, while well, the whole thing he's taking from everybody else. When it's that person that is taken from people. He did what? He hid it and put it under a handkerchief and never used it again. Until he had to give an account. At the Bema Seat of Christ. At the Bema Seat of Christ. We're all going to stand there. And when we stand there. 
whether it's gold, silver, wood, hay, or stubble, is going to be thrown into the fire individually. We're going to sit there, and whatever comes out of the fire, that is going to be your reward to rule where? To rule in heaven, in the kingdom of God. We're going to be with Jesus, the rewards he's going to give to each one of us individually. But before we get to heaven in the kingdom age, we're going to have our new bodies. We're going to rule with Jesus Christ. And those people are going to be living in the kingdom age. And one day they're going to die and they're going to get judged. Why? You turn the page in chapter 20 of Revelations and it's what? The white throne judgment of God. Where the devil, the Antichrist, and every person that is not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. My name, your name, has been written in the book of life already. When you came to Christ. When you repented. And when you repented, immediately your name was written in the book of life. And when you sin, I sin, you're going through things in your life, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So you don't get weird. Because he wants you to make the right decision. He wants you to repent. He wants you to have love. He wants you to do what the Bible speaks about. Whatever the Bible says, he wants us to do those things so that we can bring glory and honor to who? To the Lord. To the Lord. But when you don't do what's right, you bring a stumbling block to the people that watch your life. You witness to them, but you don't live. You're pushing them away from the faith in Christ. They're not going to listen to you. This person tried to blame it on his master. And there will be people at judgment seat. They will be blaming Christ. But Christ cannot be blamed. He's God. He's the one that called you. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that washes you by his blood. And then he's the one that uses you to bring glory and honor to his name. Amazing. What God has done and what he's doing in each one of our lives today. And yet when I come back to this parable, I think of these two persons that are going to be blessed and the one that is blaming the master. We can't blame our master. The master is the only one that can judge. And when he judges, he judges according to your works. We're not saved by works. But true faith brings forth true works. You see? True works. And that's what we have this morning. What are you doing for Jesus Christ? And that's why this parable for me was just an incredible parable. Because here's the rebuke in verse 22. And he said to him, out of your own mouth. I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a steward man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. I gave it to them. They took it and they brought back results. They did exactly what I asked them to do. And that's to invest in the kingdom of God. Are you investing to the kingdom of God spiritually with your life? I pray that every one of us here, that as the Lord speaks to us and as he's spoken to us, that we would make up our minds before we leave here that you want to not only invest into the kingdom of God, your life, but today that you begin that investment in the kingdom of God. 
to love your children, to love your wife, to love your husband, to be able tomorrow when you go to work again, to be the best worker there? He goes on to declare, verse 23. Why then did you not put my money into the bank? Why would you put your money to to collect interest, investment? Why did you put it into the bank? You could have collected 6%, 5%, whatever it is, a percentage. Then at my coming, I might have collected, notice, with interest. He's talking about you and I. When he comes back, what we've done is with interest. If you really invested it the right way, your life has collected interest. Because you've been obedient, you've been doing things for the kingdom of God, and what's going to happen is the Lord is going to reward you. Incredible. Incredible reward because of what you've done in the kingdom of God. Then he says, verse 24, and then he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him, remember the angels are going to judge, and give it to him who has ten miners. So now he has eleven. But they said to him, Master, he already has ten minus. And for I say unto you, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. Whoa. It's not heavy. Even that which you don't have will be taken away from you. We're going to be judged one day. And we have to come to that place that we're doing exactly what God's word says in the kingdom of God. We have to invest our time, our lives, our hearts, so that we can not only be in the kingdom of God, but we're going to be rewarded one day in the kingdom of God. And then he says this. Bring here those enemies of mine who have not won me to reign over them and kill them before me. The judgment of God. But you know what? In verse 26, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 says, Moreover, it is required in a steward's that a man be found faithful. Faithful. This person was not faithful. He was disobedient. He didn't want to do what was right. And then, Luke 20, 43 says, till I make your enemies thy footstool, because we're going we're gonna to rule. And they're going to stand at our feet. But to bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, there's a problem. You don't want Christ to rule over your life. You want to rule over your life. And what did he say? Slay them before me. Get rid of them. And we know what the, what the hell's about. We know what the lake of fire is. People don't really believe they're going to be cast into hell. They don't really believe it. But the Bible's very clear. This is the word of the Lord. This is God's word. He said it, he'll do it. And that's why even here this afternoon, we need to give ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In our praying, in our reading, in our giving, everything we do has to be number one to Jesus. Number one. Investing into the kingdom of God. For one day, he's going to open the book. He's going to see your investments. He's going to say, wow, you know what? You invested a lot. Now I'm going to give you this. 
because you invested into the kingdom of God. And that's what he's going to do with every one of us individually. Well, as we've heard today, it's easy to get wrapped up in life's day-to-day responsibilities and forget to proactively invest in eternity. But we hope that today's message has challenged you to evaluate your own priorities. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For additional insight into what it looks like to establish heavenly-minded habits, we'd like to tell you about Raul's book titled Sermon of Sermons. Delving into Jesus' guidance for a life of faith and obedience, you'll see that your undivided devotion will reap eternal rewards not only for yourself, but for those you invest in as a representative of God's kingdom. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' book titled Sermon of Sermons. We'll send your copy for a donation of $12 plus shipping and handling. Once again, the phone number is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese is fully listener-supported, and every donation helps us keep sharing God's Word through these broadcasts. We invite you to join us next time for a special Straight Talk broadcast. Roll will be with us in the studio to talk about the spiritual impact of the Jesus People movement and show us how we can experience revival in our own hearts. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.